0: Hello and welcome to the first ever Why Debate. Okay, so we decided to do this because me and somebody that I work with and I've worked with for some time now, every time we start talking in the office, we end up chatting for hours and driving everybody in the office insane. So what we decided to do instead is turn it into a podcast. And what it's designed for, the Why Debate is all about things that we've been led to believe are completely true. Throughout history, and what we're going to do is we're going to look at them, we're going to study them, and we're going to give you our take on them. Now, we're completely from different backgrounds. You've got Callum Roy with me today, who is from an educated uh, background and he was brought up um, amazingly. And then you've got me, who was who who had um, well, let's say a, a colourful background. Um, so we're completely from different ends of the the education spectrum, and I feel like what we're going to bring to this over the over the coming months will be will be awesome. So. Callum, do you want to introduce yourself, mate? Cool. So our very first episode, we're going to look at somebody. In fact, back in the day, there was a guy by the name of... Why would I forget his name? What was the steel magnate guy called? Andrew Carnegie. There he is. Andrew Carnegie, um, back in the early 1900s, was the richest man in the world at the time. And he he kind of talked somebody into creating... um, spending 20 years of his life looking at success characteristics or things that actually uh, make successful people successful. And because obviously we're entrepreneurs here, we do loads of crazy things. um, What we want to do is, first of all, we're going to look at the book by Napoleon Hill, which is called Think and Grow Rich. And we're going to go through the principles in there. And we've both studied this in depth. So what we want to do is come at it from an angle of, okay, what does Cal think? What does Mike think? what's the truth was not napoleon hill an actual genius was he full of shit we don't know we're going to figure all that out today so where do we get started probably got a better name as well because i i've got um five books on amazon and i've got one get rich with digital real estate and it outsells all the others by an x of a certain amount and the reason is he's got the word rich in the <laughs> everybody wants to be rich so f- f- 15 success principles is like okay he's going to tell me how but this guy's going to tell me how to get rich so I, I feel that the name of the book is probably a hundred times better would you agree or it was a pretty good move then. So the publisher is actually the genius behind that. Cause I've got a book called, um, in a Woolful full of sheep, fuck you. I'm an entrepreneur. And as you can imagine, it's a great name. And when anyone reads it, they're like, but it's not something that people search for on, on Amazon. <laughs> so it, has to be marketed to be sold Where if i would if, I'd have, if I'd have called it something like uh an entrepreneur the entrepreneur's success strategy or step by step success model for entrepreneurs I feel it would have done a lot better um maybe maybe i'm taking this off tangent a little bit here so <sighs> Yes, yeah. So, so we, so, yeah. We'll move on to his little bits shortly. I mean, obviously, I, I'm excited about um about this whole thing. I mean, in, in 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 respect to the principles themselves. So, so we've got another sixteen in the sixteen principles, and all there's uh, thirteen in the thing. Which, if you was to choose a principle, would you say was the most important? Yeah, pers- personally, I mean, I mean, I th- I think the mastermind is the most important. I I feel like if you put two people in a room, and and, and it's important uh, the, the, the 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 those people are um, it's important that those people are on the same level. If 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 uh, what a lot of people do want to become successful is they surround themselves with friends who are. A lot less successful than them because they can be the guy that pulls up to the golf course in a Bentley when the mates are all pulling up in BMWs and Volkswagens or whatever else. And I think I think it's nice to feel like the the the, the number one guy in in the crowd, but I don't think it benefits from a a learning perspective or from from a success perspective. I feel that if you, if if you can get two people uh, that are, are on the same level, or if you can surround yourself with people who are uh, layers above you, um, you can you can be very, very successful by accident. So, so what I mean by that is, let's say I've got a business and, and I want to do, and I'm not that interested in it. I don't care about it. I just want to make money. And, and I come up with this crazy idea and I'm trying to sell it in all different crazy ways. Um, and, 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 and it's just going nowhere. And then I go to one of these mastermind meetings and I'm surrounded by guys who are running seven, eight, 10 figure businesses. Okay, and I'm saying, look, I'm doing this, and I've got this thing, and I'm trying to get it going because I'm absolutely broke. I'm gonna go out of business. One of them guys can turn around and give you one little tip, like one little tiny tip, and 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 you can make um make an absolute fortune. Whether whether you're motivated, whether you've got a desire to achieve it, because in society, I feel like a lot of it comes from necessity. Like, okay, do you, do you, necessarily you have to go and do a nine to five job, but that necessity is also, okay, I've got no choice to do this. So if you want to stand on your own two feet and you've got an idea you think it's going to work, you don't necessarily need that desire, even though I, I love the desire principle and we'll we'll go into a bit of depth about that. But what I feel is the mastermind principle, actually surrounding yourself with people who are layers above where you are in what you're trying to achieve. Uh, that's why if you even, and this is in any industry, even if you get footballers, okay, you'll get a footballer that plays for a football team. And that football team um, will—he might be playing with an absolute crap football team, Division Five or whatever. If it's a Division Five, I don't know. Uh, right, down yeah, down in Division Five, right. So, 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 so they're not very good. But he's also playing with not very good players. So he, there's no hit for him to m- lift his game above what's around him he'll lift it to the point where if he's if he's naturally gifted. Or if he's got the desire, burning desire to be better, he'll work really hard, he'll go home, he'll do all the rest of the stuff. But he'll never get to the level of a Premiership footballer unless he's actually training like a Premiership footballer, unless he's, he's surrounded by people that are at that level and they're making him feel really bad. So it's like he'll then concentrate, and you'll know this as a martial artist. When you get in the ring and you have a fight um, in boxing, when you when when you have your first few fights in boxing, you get into a ring and it's literally about who can take the the, the most damage because literally you just batter each other. But then as you start to get better, it's it's about the inches, it's about the 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 the, the footwork and and then the footwork being absolutely perfect and the movement and the distance and how far you're away from someone and how quick you can react to come away. You don't think about any of that in your first few fights because you're fighting crap fighters. But if you don't think about that when you're fighting people that are really good. Then you get your head knocked off, and the only way you get to that level is by surrounding yourself with people who have actually been around people that done that, and people who have been successful in 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 what you're trying to achieve. So, in my opinion, I feel like the mastermind principle is the most important principle, um, by a mile. Yeah, you, you just got me thinking then because that's, that's kind of what you just said there. And, and I know loads of people that are like that. They're really scared about what other people think. Like I honestly could not give a shit what anybody thinks about me. I've never cared. I'm just not even slightly bothered a little bit. And it's like, and, 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 and I feel like everybody should be like that, but I guess everybody's not. And I remember saying this to me, Mrs., because we've got a, an autistic daughter and, and our daughter is, um, she's been held back in, in, in the nursery year at school. And and we've requested this. We've said, look, she needs to be held back. Uh, we can't get her in a specialist school. None of the, the schools close enough where we want to send her. And the, the teachers are like, the, the worry was that she's going to fall behind the curriculum. And my answer was, look, I don't give a shit if she falls behind as long as she's happy. Let her be herself. Let her be happy. And I feel like what happens is as as you start to become through the education system, I feel like slowly you're chipped away at with things like, tests you're doing tests every single week and every and 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 you get a test and then what happens is it kind of slowly as you as you fail and it's not kept secret that you failed everybody in the class knows oh this guy failed this test this guy and i think what happens is those little failures get terrify people of actually of of failing or they send them the complete other way which is me where they're just like well i just won't even try then (laughs) because it's absolutely terrible. but i think society in general i think as a human as a species what we do is um, we we care what what other people think, and I think that's one of the things that's enabled us to progress. Obviously, we want more. We are always trying to to grow and become better than we are, but we do also have that conscious feel it. Like if 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 you see two dogs in the street, right, one dog's over here humping a dog, he'll jump off that dog, he'll run across the street, and he'll hump the other dog. That other dog over the road, hey, you're cheating on me. They don't think like humans do. It's kind of a completely different um, setup, and I think that's a positive and a negative
1: for people. what's what's a partition tr- participation trophy
2: mm.
0: that's just ridiculous in fact yeah my my kid's school do that my kid's school now and i'm like my kid my kid will get in the car and if he if, if he doesn't win he's like i've got a finger for it and he'll throw it in the bin when he gets home and he's pissed off that they've him a trophy for turning up and, but I guess I'm very old school. I'm like, mate, there's no, there's no position below one, right. That matters. (laughs) If you're not the number one, then, then, then you, you, whether you're two or you're 92, you've lost. It's And and I guess I grew up in the eighties. I'm quite old. Um, I grew up in the eighties and in the eighties, it was like, people would laugh at you when you, if you lost in, in sports day and things like that. And it toughened up and give people character. um,
2: No. Yeah.
0: here's here's your losers trophy. Imagine imagine if if they gave <laughs> so so if they gave boxers like a leather belt every time they lost, it's like, Don't worry, you've still won a belt. You can go home and feel proud of yourself and you got a wall full of look how many times I've been battered. <laughs> yeah it's yeah I, I don't i don't see it i don't like it i think i think we're making a bunch of uh, pussies in society that that that, that are going to grow up like you said people are scared of failure but the the the, the if you feel like oh participating is what what matters that's kind of breeding a herd mentality and if you think about the herd mentality it's what's good for society but it's not what's good for individuals if you want to go out and be successful and become rich then you need to learn to stand on your own two feet and push forward and become successful through that and i feel that what what the, that herd mentality is what's building robots, building people in a world full of sheep. Fuck you, I'm an entrepreneur. That's kind of what I was getting at with that title is that they're, they're trying to breed a world full of sheep. And it's like, yeah, it's the taking part that counts. And it's not, It's it's individual and team success that counts and if 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 you're not striving to succeed, then they're going to have a load of mediocre people growing up happy to go and work in a box factory or to go and sit on a checkout in in, in a supermarket. And there's nothing wrong with doing that if that's what you do, but what I'm saying is you shouldn't be happy with it i mean in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I just don't think people should be awarded for, uh, fa- for failure. I think you should be okay. You lost, but look at that. Look at that big shiny trophy over there that that, that whatever's name's just walked away with. That's what you're aiming for. That's what your target is. That's what. Let's look at the the burning desire. Yeah, that's one of the um of of of, of his lessons is, is if you've got to have a burning desire. If you go to a competition, and every single time you turn up, you win a trophy. You've got a big trophy cabinet at home that looks beautiful. It's shiny. And do you really have a burning desire to win that number one spot as much? Or is it, does it, does it teach? It it does, doesn't it? i Am I right in thinking that? It teaches society to be mediocre and being mediocre is okay. Rather than saying, work your fucking ass off and get as far as you can and become as successful as you possibly can. And don't accept failure. Don't accept that loser's trophy. So if we look at, because um, I've got a list of them in front of me here, if we look at the 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 the, uh, the principles that, are, that that are brought up in in Think and Grow Rich, let's let's take for example desire. Yeah, um, I, I explain it as a burning desire. Um, Napoleon Hill thinks that's the most important, which which um, is debatable. It, it, it might be, it might not be. Um, he's made more millionaires than I have, so um, I'm, I'm not there to argue with him about that one. Um, what do you think? Why do you think desire is so important? I was muted because there's a dog barking really loud. Uh, I don't remember it. I don't. Could you hear the dog barking a minute ago, or could you not hear it? No, I've I've turned my microphone down and I've gone closer with my mouth because I'm thinking, little bastard. Um, (laughs) I I don't remember the bit about the putting the plan in place. I remember he reads something out and he tells you to write something down every single day and stuff like that. Um, but go on, explain explain Okay, okay, perfect, right you want to be a children's author you want to write children's books, okay? when are you going to finish your first book by? no 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 not exactly. do it right now. That's the one thing you want to do stop stop thinking about it like a a fuck what everyone else thinks let's think about it let's 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 imagine right you 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 like i don't know, it probably takes three months to write a book. you're already a brilliant writer you 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 teach. Foreigners to speak English or not speak English. Teach them to write professional English. Um, okay, and have you got any
1: ideas for books? You know the hero's two journeys, don't you?
0: All right, what, what date are we on now? So we're on the twenty fourth of March. What, 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 what? For what reason could you not have your first draft right? Even even if you're never going to show it to anyone in the world, right? But there's no reason. Okay, a kid's book's probably what twenty thousand words max. Not huge. There's no reason you can't have that done by the first of August. And even if just me and you read through it together come up with ideas and then and then you twist it and change it because you know what mate kids books my 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 son reads some oh, I can't remember what it's called but he reads a book by a guy and when it, he released his first book and he's he sold like 250 million copies worldwide right and I wish I could remember the name of it and my son's read all of them there's like 26 books or something stupid uh, and it's just is it, is it is it diary of a wimpy kid it might be diary of a wimpy kid. it might not be I'm not sure if that's it. I know he's read them as well, but what I'm saying is it's it's, it's brilliant. And you know the only people that are going to critique you are usually under 11 years old, so you're picking a pretty good audience. Um, I was going to say you could get away with spelling mistakes, but you couldn't because uh, my son corrects me all the time. When I say things wrong, he's 11, and when I say things wrong, he corrects me straight away. He's like, no, it's not said like that Dad. That one's... Uh, plural and not now or singular of, and, and i'm like i don't know what that means i know how to make money <laughs> yes yep I, th- I think that's why um w- why i've been so successful in what i do is because one of the principles is specialized knowledge um and i realized look i i've not got the education i've not had the upbringing i've not had the financial backing and any of the stuff that that most kids have got but i'm i'm if if i find one thing that i want to do and i push like crazy to do it and become an expert in that one thing i i can do it better than anyone in the world um (laughs)
2: Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people in the internet marketing game that do that very, very well. So they'll go after the real estate industry, but what they'll do is they'll find very small little sections of the real estate industry to go after. Um, and that allows them to think, and, and it's the same with, with, with anybody, uh, the most successful stars from, from like college basketball or co- college football or, or UK playing football, you won't find them saying to you, okay, well I do karate on a Monday, jiu jitsu on a Tuesday, judo on a Wednesday, football on a Thursday. And then uh, I take the weekend off. You'll hear them say, I practice football seven days a week as often as i can whenever i can because they've got a burning desire and they become an expert with a specialized knowledge in one specific subject and they push forward with it which that that's that's i think that specialized knowledge thing is it's got so much i mean I, i'm I, I do a lot of different things but luckily for me i've got a big team around me who of people who i can pass anything to in all different areas so it's like right i want to do this but you go and do all the work and then pass it back to me when it's done and i'll look, look over it and we'll do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing but i think at the beginning when you're first setting out and you're trying to become successful, I feel like you do need to have a specialized knowledge in a specific area and you need to focus on that and push forward. So that's kind of one of my, my favorites. Um, so let's, let's, so, so, so we've, we've just looked at desire. Let's, let's see why we think these things are important. So we've got, obviously we've we've just gone through desire. I mean, desire, I mean, there's been five put five put, uh, five put, I can't say the word five foot (laughs) three basketball player, right? Um, I've researched this the other day, the shortest basketball, level, basketball player ever. And straight away, it was like, wow, this guy wanted that shit. He was like, because you hear a lot of guys six foot two saying I'm too short. I'm too short to play basketball. And then this guy who got into the NBA, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, um, was five foot three. And he, he's, he's the shortest basketball NBA basketball player ever. I don't know how successful he was. But I mean, if, if you get into the NBA, you've you've made more in a week than most people
1: make in, in a year. Yeah. So,
2: so, yes no no (laughs) what
1: about auto suggestion because this is one I never understood Um, I I don't even know what it means you're going make sense, bro.
0: But how? I, I why why? I don't I don't understand. This is, i've read this chapter a few times and I tried to read it and understand it and I thought to myself, This makes no sense to me. It's just like I don't I don't know what he's talking about. What g-
1: g- g- have you got an example?
2: Nope. Now I get it. I'm not good at... I'm not good at... Yes.
0: Yes, mate. Everybody does it. Everyone's like, I'm not. I I hear so many people say to me because obviously I've got a lot of students and I have a lot of people that do a a lot of of, of different things that I deal with, and people will say to me, "Oh, I'm I'm not good at public speaking." It's like, how the fuck do you know unless you've tried it fifty times? Don't try it once and say I'm not very good at public speaking. I'm not very good at writing. I I I I couldn't spell at 21. I I didn't finish school. I finished at 14, but I, I wanted to write a book, so I decided, you know what? I'm just gonna practice writing every single day, and now I've got five. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like so 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 the possibilities um aren't, aren't the holdbacks but i, I get what all suggestion is now i never understood it in a positive light because i mean muhammad ali is a great example of positive he basically he said it's hard to be humble when when you're as great as i am and he and he believed that and, and he was don't get me wrong he was amazing he was he was he was the first real popular boxer that like like that that in my era that I remember that 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 like changed the game until Mike Tyson came along who was just amazing <laughs> until he until he started raping people <laughs>
2: Yes.
0: It transcended the sport, didn't it? And, and he, it one of the things that stuck with me, at Conor McGregor said, um, and I think it was when he first went out to Vegas, one of the very first times he went out to Vegas, and it was before he won the title. Um, and I was watching a thing with him where he's with these, these, these guys over there in a the house out there and he was training and he was saying, I'm not a mixed martial artist, I'm not a fighter, I'm a master of movement, and then he's doing all these crazy things, and I was like, what an idiot, but it kind of stuck with me, and then after I seen him knock out some of these real great guys in amazing ways, I thought, maybe that was me being, like, a bit, a bit short, what do you call it, like, like, short-minded, not short-minded, what's the word I'm looking for, narrow-minded, like, like you're full of shit without actually looking at what it was he was doing. And, and then obviously nowadays he's transcended the sport and he's, he's done so many great things. I mean, he's made an idiot of himself many times, but I, that, I think he's got a drink problem. Um, and I think that's why. I think if he didn't drink, I don't think he'd have, he'd have ever made an, that much of an idiot of himself. Yep. See, I, I, I'm not sure if it's if it's in this book or if it's in the other one. Um, but what one one of the ones? Um, he basically calls it, I believe, a pleasing personality. And then in later in later um, books, he calls it an attractive character, or maybe it was the earlier book that he called it an attractive character, the 1925 version of The 16 Laws of Success, because they, they re-released it in 28, and they got rid of one of the chapters which was about action. I don't know which, which ones you've read, but there was one about action in the early book, um, and I, I don't know why they got rid of it. Uh, but I, And then the attractive character, and it's, that's, that's something that um, Russell Brunson has built pretty much, his whole empire on on turning himself into an attractive character for ClickFunnels. And when he calls it an attractive character, he's kind of stole, um, obviously, Napoleon Hill's wordings, but it makes perfect sense. It doesn't mean he's great looking. It means he resonates with the audience that he actually deals with. And I don't know, is that in Think and Grow Rich or is that one, the one that's in the 16 Laws of Success? Okay. Plus, nobody wants to work for a knobhead, do they? So if you treat everybody like shit, then people are going to be like, I'm the- 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 "That's yeah, that's one of the things that I've always noticed is people, y- you get the best out of people by getting on with them and-, and and understanding the differences between people and trying to bring out their strengths rather than looking at people and, and-, and-, and saying, no, you-, you need to do exactly what it is I'm telling you to do, exactly how I'm telling you. And they're like, I just can't do it. It's not me. It doesn't fit with my, my like, I, I, I had a member of my team a few years back, um, and he was, he was terrified of the phone, absolutely terrified of getting on the phone, and, um, he actually worked in this office where we are now, and and he had a desk over there, and, um, he, he, even if I was saying right, such and such is going to phone up for me today, answer the call and and, and book him into to, to my um, to my diary or to my calendar or wherever he was going to book it in and, and he and, and I'd come in and, and he'd have like a white face and he'd be I'm like what's wrong and he's like I've been tired, nervous all day thinking about this call coming in And I was like w- why didn't you just tell me that and I wouldn't have asked you to answer the call I've got me missus to answer it or something if I've got nowhere else in the office at the time <laughs> and he's like a that that white pale white like uh, going into under himself so eventually I said right what I'm going to do is I'm let like, you work from home <laughs> and I'm going to give you a job building websites all day every single day so you never have to interact with people because that wasn't his strength, but the work that he creates of or, in regards to the content creation, the website creation, the accuracy, and and everything else he does is absolutely amazing. It's brilliant, um, and, and and I've taught him to do more than I would probably teach anyone else, and I never have to really worry him about him coming and taking over my business, being better at it than me because he's scared to pick up the phone. <laughs>
2: Yep. Seriously. <laughs> Your fault. <laughs> if...
0: But. Do you feel like somebody like him has got a burning desire to do it? Because if he stood on the sideline, not dressed and, and thingy, maybe you can kick him up the ass and motivate him by making him feel bad about himself. But do you not feel that somebody like that will always fall back into old habits when they become, so, so that's when you get these, they call them prima donnas, don't they? When you get somebody who, who, unfortunately, you've always got to kick them up the ass to get them to actually do anything because they feel like they don't want to do it. And they're there for the sake of, and, and, they become very difficult to manage. If if I had somebody who was super, super talented in, in, in working for me, I think, and they were, they were a pain in the arse, I was constantly after kicking them up the arse, rather than just saying, do this, 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 or this, or stick it on your to-do list and fly through everything as fast as you can type of thing. I think I'd fire them, even if they were super talented, because I feel like the constant effort is not worth the outcome, unless, nah, the constant effort is not worth the outcome. It stresses you out. You got, you know, go, as a manager, you you would end up going back to 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 your football game, um, and you'd end up you'd finish your football game at the end of the thing, and it'd start to play on your mind. It's like this guy is driving me fucking insane because I keep having to tell him this, 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 and this. Every few months, he starts falling off again. We start losing games because of I me. Mean, we start thinking, how do I give him a kick? And I think then that would cause stress in me as a manager. And obviously, there's nothing more important than 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 staying happy.
2: Ha, <laughs>
1: So another one that's in the book is decisive
0: in nature. Now, I was taught growing up that you should always sleep on your decisions. You should always think on your decisions. You should always take your time and not um, n- not make decisions fast. And I've probably missed so many opportunities through listening to people who weren't successful growing up telling me that you you like like you should never make a financial decision uh, on, the, on the spur of a moment don't get me wrong i've made decisions fast that have been wrong but i've always every opportunity i've ever i've ever been in or been involved in or or, or, or that's opened up to me has always happened because i've been to just said yeah let's do it let's go for it let's see what happens Shit, the fan it does if it doesn't and if it works if it works what do you but what do you think about that decisive in nature what, 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 what are your takeaways from that Yeah, some guy turned up with 600 soldiers to try and fight a country. And, and I don't know exactly who it was or what country it was, but I remember that like he got there and he knew everybody was like looking, thinking, we need to head back because we're going to die. So he set all the boats on fire. And um, he's like, you got to fight or you die. Who, who was it?
2: Okay. Spanish went to Mexico, yeah.
1: Is that in
0: in Thinking Grow Rich that story? Because I don't I don't know if I remember it. Is I know Tony Robbins has stolen the story and used it as his own. Because that's, that's something that you hear on Tony Robbins' conferences. He always says, well, "What do you do if you uh, if you're, you 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 going all in? What do you do? You burn the bolts type of thing." And and uh, I don't know the exact wording, but I've heard it. Tony Tony Robbins does he actually says in his conferences um, what well, it's something about an island um, if if you're gonna take the island we burn the boats so he he stole the the burning the boats example but he's like if we so, so we turn up to an island if we're gonna take the island then we burn the boats like we're going all in type of he uses it as that example but he he does it way better than I just did.
1: <clears throat>
2: Yeah.
0: I I think parents in general are terrified the kids are going to get hurt, are going to get thingied. So, so your mum would have been in a situation where she's looking at this and she's thinking. I don't want him to go to Hong Kong on his own you're still a little baby and 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 I know they say you shouldn't differentiate between men and women and all that bullshit but women build nests men men spread the seed it's kind of that's how history as human beings we've always been the men would have been running around doing whatever they do, and the women would have been protecting the children and trying to survive with the family. And and I guess it's 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 that's how it sticks. His mother's I remember my mother was always terrified of us doing it. It's like, we're going out tonight. And she's like, Oh, don't go out, stay in. <laughs> Why don't you ever drink in the house with your brothers? And it's like <laughs> we're going out. Stop panicking.
2: No. Mm.
0: see i don't think it's the housing market that's causing the problem i don't think the housing market's got anything to do with it right i think i think society is designed to keep people poor Right, um, and it, I actually go through this in one of my presentations, but I believe that that obviously tax and inflation are the things that's designed to keep everybody poor. And with when it comes to tax, obviously it always goes up; it never goes down. I don't, I don't remember a time in my life when it actually went down. I think it went from that went from twenty to fifteen back to twenty again at one point, which was like, oh my god, they put something down, but they never do. But then inflation is designed uh, to keep us poor as well. Plus, every time a bank right? And, and I was reading something about this recently, that every time a bank issues a loan, right? They don't actually go and get the physical cash, put the money into anywhere, and then issue that money. What they do is they tap it into a computer and it actually creates, it generates more money, which means it's always devaluing how much money is worth. So like if, if you go back 10 years ago and you'll be able to buy something then for a dollar, but if you come now, it probably costs you $3, the exact same thing, Right? So you're talking looking at something like like um, I think in the presentation I used the example of a loaf of bread. So if you go buy a loaf of bread ten years ago, you pay about a dollar for it or a pound if you're in the UK, right? Nowadays you pay I don't know three dollars or three quid for a loaf of bread. I don't know what the exact numbers are, right? But basically that means if 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 your wage as a, as as an individual hasn't tripled in the last uh, 10 years, then you're in a worse financial position. So if you was earning 30 grand 10 years ago, unless you're earning 90 grand now, you're automatically in a worse financial position than you were 10 years ago. And and my granddad, he was a lorry driver, right? That's all he did. He was a lorry driver. um, And he brought up four daughters. He bought his own house. He had a caravan on the drive. He had a static caravan at a campsite somewhere. He died with a lot of money left in the bank. Um, and he managed to bring up all these girls support his whole family and his wife never worked a day in her life right and and you're in a situation now people blame it on the housing market but it's not the housing market it's inflation in general is designed to keep everybody poor because n- nowadays if 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 you try to move in with if you try to move out of home you can't afford a house but it's not just the house that the prices of it's the shopping it's the electric it's the gas it's absolutely everything that's inflated to the point where you have to live with somebody just to afford to make ends meet. And even couples moving in on their own without kids are in a situation where they're absolutely brassic. And I feel like that's why you do have to, unfortunately, nowadays, not go and say, do you know what? I'm happy to just take part. I'm happy with the take part trophy that they're going to give me. It's like, no, you have to get off your ass and do something that's going to bring in enough money for you to actually live a normal life because, unfortunately the way that the whole system is set up is designed to keep everybody poor. And I think if people understood understood that a little bit more, a lot more people would have a a lot more money because they'd realize that, okay, if you just carry on doing this day by day, and it's like, yeah, but I'm going to get a pay rise every year. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do... No, you're getting poorer every single year. That's why in the UK, cost of living, I think went up by 10% this year because it's got so far out of control that that, that, that over the next five to 10 years, they're going to have to do something to 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 fix it or there's going to be tons of people homeless people without gas without electric without food starving to have, i mean you're hearing about pensioners nowadays who are in a situation where they can't afford to put the heating on and feed themselves because because the the, the way that banks because you think about this as well banks private banks they they they're creating they're creating this wealth yes so, so, so they're not creating this wealth. They're creating they're creating additional money with debt. So they're trying to push debt on everybody, and that adds more uh, more money into the economy overall. Meaning the the value of the money goes down all the time. So, so, but then they're giving themselves huge, massive, big bonuses, and then when they do finally break something, when something breaks, okay, then the government bails them out, which brings down the overall value of money more and then nobody gets in trouble for it so then what they do is they eventually give themselves even bigger bonuses and carry on doing the same thing and it's, it should be criminal i mean the way this its a broken system it's designed to keep us poor and that broken system is what's keeping people poor is what's making people stay living at home is is, is what's like nobody when i was when i was younger everybody left home i mean i think i got my place i got my first place at 15 okay but i was i was a dodgy motherfucker so i had money coming in from out different things that I was doing but I, I from home I was like 150 mile away from home I had um, an apartment in in a place called Bishop Auckland up in near near Newcastle my family all lived uh here or maybe not, not here because we're in Weymouth but in Liverpool at the time I think it was uh, I think it was um and I was up there on my own living in a town center 15 years old um and I could afford it and I was I was making money I was doing things I wasn't working working um, but I was doing things to, to generate an income. And if I did that exact same thing now, what I did back then, I couldn't physically make enough money to survive because I mean, I think the average, the average rental property is like around here, if you go for a one bedroom, tiny little apartment, I think you, you're looking at probably a
1: grand a month or something it's stupid, which. It's
2: ridiculous, isn't it?
1: You just
0: can't save any money. Yep. Because it's designed to keep you poor. And it is designed to keep you poor. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And unfortunately, unless people understand that, that, that society as a whole is is not society as a whole, but the way that the government's designed it, it's a broken system. It's never gonna fix itself. It's only gonna keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And eventually, ten years from now, maybe maybe a bit longer. Civil wars, or something's going to break out because, because there's going to be so much poverty and there's going to be so many people that have got no money and no options and no way out of it. That I feel that, that, that because of the way the banks are able to just keep making more money with debt and because the way inflation is affecting us, that that's nothing, nobody's wage triples in 10 years. Okay. You're getting what, two, three, 4% max on an annual basis, unless you, you're getting a promotion so 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 people earning 30 grand 10 years ago definitely if they've got a normal job and not earning 90 grand now no it just just doesn't happen
1: Well, that that's,
0: that what you just said there is brilliant, right? You know, right. So, if the the problem they've got as well, right, is the best way to make real real big money is to be an entrepreneur, right? But right, if you pay teachers shit wages, then anyone who knows how to be an entrepreneur and how to be successful and how to make good money is never going to go and work in a school because they can go make two, three, four hundred grand a year doing almost nothing, or they can work long hours dealing with children, marking exams, doing all the the, this, the education system's broke because you, you can't get somebody who's good at something that that pays a hell of a lot of money that where you don't have to do a lot that's ever going to go into a school and teach unless they've got a burning desire to do it and in most cases an entrepreneurial person doesn't have a burning desire to teach they have a burning desire to do things that focus their mind that, that interest them it doesn't matter it's not necessarily about the money I, I've never tried to push forward for money. I've never tried to push forward for finance. I've never really been that interested in in the actual money. Um, most of my money goes straight to my family. Um, and I I, I just it's something never interested me. I don't care about money, but I I I love the game. And I and I find a lot of entrepreneurs love the game. I was talking to somebody yesterday on um, my podcast, um, and he was explaining to me that when he was 15 year old and he was in school, or 16-year-old maybe, and he was still in school, um he started to get into computers and what he was doing rather than going out and drinking with the lads and trying to get in girls and all the rest of that stuff, what you do as a teenager, he was actually building computers. Um, and then he was selling them to, uh, businesses. And then he started even selling them to his own school. And then he ended up building some, some sort of data thing, which will come on my next podcast. I don't know when it'll be released, but it's, it's, he it, it wasn't doing it for the money. He was doing it for the, for the, for the, do you know what I mean? For the the, the the the, it's like you get a real buzz out of it.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Yes. I've got a po- I've got a poster in my gym in there, right. Um, and in in my gym, it's basically got a thing at the top, at the top of the mountain, and and, and it's like an iceberg. Okay, and the top of the iceberg is popping out and it says success, right? But underneath, right, underneath it says like late nights, um, hard work and, and persistence and all the, the things that, that 99.9% of people see as bad. And it's like, but you get the success, that's all that people see is your success. So it's meant to resemble that all of these things here that people don't see and the success, success is the only thing that sticks out the top. So when someone looks at a successful person, they think that's all they see. They don't see all the, the late nights, the weekend, working weekends, the letting the families down, the, all the other stuff. But all them things that are underneath there, right? That's why entrepreneurs, I feel, are different. All those things that that everybody else look at and think, I, I don't want to do that, uh, that's where entrepreneurs thrive. So an entrepreneur, I feel, thrives in that environment, the stress, the pressure, the the, the late nights, the hard work. I mean, I'm I, I I'm usually... In this building where where we work, right, my set hours is 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. Monday to Friday, um, because I want to do everything around school for the kids and everything. But I'm usually the first person in the building. I regularly like this morning. I unlock the building, um, and last night I was the last person to leave, um, which was probably about 10 p.m. So, and and it's not because I have to, or not because of, it's because I don't know what it is. You just focused on these little projects. They're just crazy little things that just keep you addicted. Uh, So that burning desire, you don't
1: control it.
2: Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yep
1: yep
0: and I think that's another thing where, where we were talking about the attractive character earlier I think the people that become the people that people gravitate towards and the people that people actually are the real people that put the real struggles out there that will mention things that like most people like I, I had a drink problem for years and and, and and now you obviously, you know, I've spoke to you about it. I don't drink anymore. I've not drank for over two years, Um, but I never understood it was a problem for years. And a lot of people wouldn't go come out and say, I had a problem drinking too much. I was, I was, I was, I was a piss. I was a functioning alcoholic. And and my mum used to say it to me when I was growing up, Mike, you've got a problem with it because fifties. T- uh, what did she used to say? Once too many fifties, not enough. And I never understood what she was saying, right? But she always used to say to me, once too many fifties, not enough. And what it meant is, if I had created twenty four cans in the house, I would drink all twenty four cans in one night, and 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 I didn't realize it was an issue. But I think what you, what you've just been saying about social media is people share what they think people's gonna. That, that, that what you saying right at the beginning when we were talking about people care about, oh, they don't want to see them as a failure. They don't want to see that they've got anything negative. They don't want to see a Like another thing I've struggled with is weight. I, I just fucking, if I eat an egg, I get fat. It's weird, right? But, right, it's kind of like no yeah those type of things though people won't share they won't they won't give over themselves they won't admit it they, they, they try to be the perfect human that they've been brought up seeing on social media and believing this is real this is real this is, real. and it's all absolute bollocks most of them people wake up moody they get spots the same as anyone else the shit stinks the same as anybody else's and they just try and, and yeah i guess it's, it's kind of self-marketing nowadays is that is it self-promotion Yep. Social media, I'll I, I, I'm. i be honest, I used to spend an hour a day scrolling through Facebook, if not more, maybe two, but not realizing it. And then eventually I was like, I need to be more productive. And I've got either only so many hours in the day, I start looking at what kind of cut out of my life that's not really bringing in any benefit at all to the business or any benefit to me and my family. And that was why Facebook got cut out of my, um, completely cut out. And I've been so much more productive since I'm so much more focused. And it also, if you get rid of that stuff, right, you don't see, like like, um, somebody asked me yesterday about, have you, oh, have you seen what's happening in France? I don't know what's happening in France. I I have no idea. Um, but And I said to him, nope, not got no idea. And, and, I, and I don't want to know because I'm like, I want to live in my own little oblivious world where I can focus on the things that are positive. And I think that's another thing that he brings up actually is is, is keeping the negative thoughts out when somebody speaks to me and and then they start telling me like, if somebody wants to bitch and moan about things, I'll say, I'm I'm not really interested in this conversation. And they're like, that's rude. And like, no, it's not rude. It's like, I don't want to know. I'm not interested in negative bullshit. Tell me something positive. Tell me something good. Or just, just, just don't tell. In fact,
1: um, When when I was doing the
0: interviews myself for, for, for people um, starting to work here and, and various other things that I've done in the past, the first thing I used to write at the top of uh, uh, a, a a like the document that I had, right, so this is what your job role is going to be. Big black writing. It always used to say the main rule of the office is if you can't say it positively, do not say it. So if there's not a positive way of saying it, don't say it. Figure out how to say it with a positive spin. And if you can't, don't say it. And the reason I did that is because I... I can hate negativity and I hate when there's an atmosphere when you walk into a room and it's like, I can feel that I'll just walk straight back out and won't go back in and like that, not having nothing to do with that, which is, which is, which is why I've been in a relationship for so long, mostly happy because as soon as it gets negative or it gets them, 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 them down, I'm like, see you later. I'm going to the office. I'm going to go and do something that makes me happy. yeah I enjoyed COVID. I did. Literally, I, 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 we, we, we got stuck. We, we got stuck in Spain for a while when when we was so so. so we, we had an apartment. So at the time, I had an apartment in Spain, and I, I'd I'd let the apartment go, and I had a a, a like a bedsit style apartment that I was using as my office. So it was like the size of this office I'm in now, but it was all one room, um, and it had a little bathroom off the side of it, and we got stuck. So we, we'd handed our keys over for, for for the apartment we had in Spain. We had the guys had picked up all our furniture. And then all this COVID shit kicked off. And we were like, we've got nowhere to live. And I was like, we're going to have to move into my office. So me, Lorna, and the two kids had to move into my office, which is a room the size of this. They had one double bed, right? And we were stuck in that room for six weeks. And I was obviously trying to work and do whatever we do. And I managed to talk a guy whilst, was it? Because in Spain, they were shout- you weren't allowed on the streets. You weren't allowed to walk from house. To house. It was ridiculous how bad they went. Um, so I managed to talk a guy from, from another place. We lived in a place called Javier. Um, in Spain, which is called J-A-V-E-A, Javier. And there's a place called Denia, which is about, I don't know if it's about five, 10 miles away. What what I did is I, I spoke to a guy on the internet. I found a guy on the internet and I said to him, look, I really need to buy a vehicle and I don't give a shit if, if, if it's overpriced. I'm not bothered what it costs. I just want a vehicle that will get me to England. So what I did is... Um, I talked him into it. I paid him way more money than the vehicle was worth, and he took the chance to come from Denya with his missus in her car all the way over to Javier to drop me the vehicle off because ve- I'd sold my vehicle and everything. Um, uh, because we were supposed to be, be thinking, but he couldn't get on planes. Our, our flights got cancelled. It was like it was it was horrible. And my little girl's autistic, so with, with 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 an autistic girl that's screaming and running around and doing all these mad stuff she does all the time, took, stuck in one room it was horrible. Anyway. We um we managed I managed to get him to drop it off for me, so I literally cut up all my Spanish ID and all my Spanish thingies, threw them all in the bin, uh, posted the keys into my office building. Luckily, I still had the office at the time, um, and jumped in this van. And then every time we got pulled, we must have got pulled fifteen times. Like, what are you doing out of your property? And we're like, look, I'm English, got nowhere to stay, got nowhere to go. This is an Eng-. luckily it was an English registered vehicle as well that the guy had took. Me in. I was like, and and I kept the vehicle when I got back here for about a year, but. We, we, so we drove back, we all jumped into this van, uh, me and my missus and the kids, um, and we slept in the services and stuff like that all the way through. But as soon as we got through Spain into France, it was like a different world. People were walking around without masks on, people were allowed outside. You could, I went to the services, and in the services, there were people serving. But in Spain, they just went way too far. They, it, was like, it, it was like they proper panicked. Uh, but then when we got back to the UK, we had um, a three-story house so uh but we had this house waiting but we couldn't get our stuff from spain so we literally bought mattresses um and we we the attic room right on the top of the house we we put all of these mattresses on the floor in 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 that room and we had no curtains we had no furniture we had no anything right we'd just come back from thinking and i said to, well there's no point buying it all because it's all going to come with our stuff and then we're going to have two houses worth of furniture and stuff i said so we can either get rid of all the stuff that's out there and buy new while well, we can wait. So we decided to wait it took us like nearly six months to get all our stuff. So we lived in, a, in an empty house in the UK, an uh, empty three-story house. We we bought garden furniture because we knew we never had garden furniture from the apartment in Spain. So we bought garden furniture and we sat on that in the living room. And we bought a new TV, uh, but that was it. We literally had garden furniture, a TV, and we we slept on the the, the uh, mattresses upstairs, so all of us, me, Lorna, and the kids, all slept in in like the same room on the top of the house because it was just an empty house. I lived in an empty house for six months, but I enjoyed it. It was good. It kind of got us back to reality. It got us back to connecting as a family and and being people again, and not getting up and like everyone sat in front of a screen because we didn't have a screen. We had a TV in the living room, but it wasn't connected to anything. None of the, the it, it was it was actually a nice time. We actually got to go back 20 years to like it was like in the 80s when nobody had the internet and nobody had all of these devices and literally you had a telly in one room in a house and whatever dad was watching, that's what was on.
2: Okay. Ah, okay. Yes.
1: Yeah. I,
0: mean, if, I was just going to say, if you do look back, I, I never thought of it the way you, you you did because, but that sexual transmutation thing, um, I never paid a lot of attention to the actual chapter because it, it, I thought it's just bollocks that he can't know that. But when you think about it, that that actually makes sense as to why he would have put that in the book because if you think about it, I think it was Elvis Presley. I think Elvis Presley used to dance a bit, um, raunchy on stage. And I'm pretty sure they, they, they arrested him for it and he got locked up. And I'm pretty sure that was one of the reasons he went into the army. I could be wrong history. I might, I might have read this wrong, right? But I'm pretty sure that the reason he went into, um, he went into the army was something to do with him getting arrested on stage or or for dancing the way he was in public, whatever it was he did. But that was like, 30, 40 50 years after this so if you think at that that level of time that's what it was like so imagine how how taboo it was in the early 1900s 1920
1: whatever year it was he released there's definitely a 1925 edition but i think that that was the 16 laws of So he never really made any money other than free writing. Seriously. So when you get these people
0: on YouTube, yeah, and they go onto YouTube and they claim that they're like, like, like you see these, 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 these knobheads fucking standing in front of Ferraris and, 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 and Lamborghinis and stuff like that. And they're saying, Oh, I've done this on Amazon and I've made this money and I'm making millions. And then they start using the, the, the cash guns to shoot the money around and stupid things like that. And really, they've never made a penny in their life. And everyone's like, Yeah, they're just fake gurus. They're just full of shit. It's just fake marketing. Do you think? Napoleon Hill was the first one of them or do you think he actually, because, I mean, obviously, or, or or do we look at it a different way? Do we look at this like, because I, I think there's a guy on the, in fact, I won't even say his name because he's an absolute prick, right? But um, there's th- a guy on the internet that goes after people who he calls fake gurus, right? And But 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 when he goes after these, yeah, he's an absolute knob and I won't even say his name. In fact, he's called Mike Winnett, he's a prick. He's on YouTube and I really dislike him. And you know what made me dislike him? When he first started doing it, he was going after people who he said was fake gurus. And if he got a 997 on the price tag, they were fake gurus. If they got this, and he's got, I think it's called some bingo. But then he went after somebody called Richard uh, Russell Brunson, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that guy has, has made more millionaires. And I think he's got something he calls a 2 comma club and, and, and um, the 2 comma club X, which means they've made 10 million inside a single funnel right? And this is all tracked. This is all money. This is all going in. This is the reason he has events where people pay $3,000 to go there is his strategies work. And I remember watching him thinking he had an interview with, um, what's the, what's the, the wine guy, the guy that does the Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, he had, he got an interview with Gary Vaynerchuk and Gary Vaynerchuk liked what he was doing. He's like, wow. Yeah, this is actually, um, really, uh, I think it's a noble cause. But then, so I started to look into what it is he was doing and knew he was going after him, why he was going after him. And he was going after some of the guys he was going after was legit. But then he started going after people like Russell Brunson and people like, who, who were genuinely, I, I believe, people like him only give a shit about the customers and how well they're going to do. And obviously he likes money, like every entrepreneur likes money, but he'd never have got to the size he's got now without actually helping people and I have all these raving fans following him and people, he's not, fake, he's, he's not a fake thing anyway. I'm going a little bit off subject, but was, was he the first fake guru? Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Was he the first fake guru? And if he was the first fake guru, because he never actually made it, but he's actually made more millionaires, and he's got more people that say Think and Grow Rich, okay, um, was the book that changed their life than probably any other book throughout history. So he just he learned them, but, but 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 he learned them maybe from other people, maybe he made them up. I don't know. I don't even know if the interview, were the interviews true. Did he do all the interviews?
1: Oh. Wow.
2: Did he
0: mention any of this? So Andrew Carnegie's got books because I was trying to find something on um, on the internet about Andrew Carnegie. I found something and I bought it and and, and I've not watched it yet because I've actually found something else about Napoleon Hill, which is is him speaking at um, an event, uh, not an event. So So, what they do on the, on this thing, which is cool because um it starts with his manager at Napoleon Hill Foundation or whatever it's called I don't know what it's exactly called talking to the camera, and you can see he's reading from his thing as he's saying it because obviously they've got no technology back then and then, and then he he opens the doors and they must have it on a wheel thing because he walks you in through the doors with the camera, so he tries to what they're trying to do is make it feel as though you're having a real meeting and he says oh how do you do uh please take a seat and then the camera dips towards where the seated area is and then he starts talking to you um and i watch it and i was thinking wow this is like um this is like the first you know when they're trying to make it feel like like the first 3d type interview yes that's kind of what they were trying to go for but obviously in black and white and, and all you were doing was walking into his office as that they, so they're rolling the camera in and then sitting him down and i was thinking he really no, I've, I'll show it you. I've got it on my phone. I've actually downloaded it to my phone because what I do is a lot of the stuff I'll, I, I want to listen to, I download to my phone and then I listen to them in the car. And, and obviously it's mainly talking, but I'll show it to you later. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is cool. Because I, I do that. I look for all the guys who've done it years and years ago because the difference years ago compared to now was you actually had to be super creative and you had to actually get up and leave the house and go out and do things to become successful. Whereas nowadays you want to be successful, you can actually do it sat in your bedroom. um, Like drop shipping and stuff like that. Like when I first started telling it, it was eBay and I never knew anything about stuff like drop shipping or anything like that. So I used to go to the auction houses and I used to buy all the everything and and, and then and then I'd, I'd, I'd take it down and, and I had two, like there were big metal cabins when I first started doing it and I used to pile everything in flat pack and all sorts of different stuff and then I'd have people building it for me. I'd turn up in my van, fill my van up and then what I, what I start, what I used to do is I used to drive around to all the second-hand shops and I'd, I'd go to a second-hand shop and have a van full of stuff and I'd, I'd, I'd walk up and I be like, right. And it's kind of how we do business now. So I'd, I wouldn't sell, I, I would give away and I'd get paid when the value comes later. So what I would do is I'd turn up at a second-hand shop and say, right, have you got any space? And they'd be like, what do you mean space? Like, have you got any space where I can put my stuff to sell? So I'm going to bring stuff every week. I'll bring you stuff. And what I want you to do is give me spaces. Tell me what spaces you've got in your shop. We'll figure it out. Um, and I'll put all my stuff in there. I'll tell you how much I want. You charge whatever you want for it. I'll come back next week. And obviously, I'd do super discounted because I've been bought it from the auctions. It was flat packing. It cost me next to nothing. And it was brand spanking new, the stuff that wasn't already damaged. I'd give it to these guys and the following week. So I'd get nothing up front. But the following week, I'd then turn back up and I'd say, right, full sort the money out. They'd pay me for all the stuff that was gone. And then I'd, I'd write all your empty spaces in your shop. I'll fill them back up with more furniture. And sometimes I come back with multiple vans. And by the time I finished doing it, I had like five different shops that was completely full of my stuff. And what I used to do every single week is is drive around and basically just turn up and just pick, collect my money off the guys that own the shops and then fill up the spaces and do the same and the same and the same. And that was kind of me round. And I turned it into a business. So it was like a real world business. It was like thinking. And then eventually when, when I decided I didn't want to do it anymore, I kind of got bored of the, it was just boring. It's crap. But it was it was like most people were like, wow, that's genius. you built a, a business out of everyone else's businesses. So what I did was I basically went around and said to well, look, I'm not going to be turning up. So you're going to have to start doing your house clearances and stuff like that again. But as, as like a parting gift, keep keep the whole shop full of furniture. I don't want anything for it. So I gave every single one of them the full shop of furniture and said, right, because they'd gone from being scruffy little secondhand shops to being like almost furniture shops um, oh, within within a matter of months. And they were making way more money than before. And it was because I had this network working fr- fr- from the back end. But that's quite why the old days, the old guys, the guys from years ago, I really interest me a lot more than these modern gurus because the modern gurus have done it sat behind a computer. And if you put them into a situation where the internet was taken away, I think probably almost 100%, like 99% of people would fail uh,
1: because you've got to get off your ass
0: Yeah, I was. Well, yeah, definitely. But I think it also gives you real bad headaches and stuff like that. It's just, it's like three D. I think it's almost a gimmick. Maybe if they could make it, I think right. I think sticking something on your head for long periods of time and 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 living in that virtual reality can only damage your brain. Uh, and maybe it's good for educating, and maybe it's good for thinking. But I don't. I don't. I think unless they create walking machines that you actually walk into and it's a VR situation there and, and everything's super crisp and not damaging your eyes. And I think I don't, I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to get there, but I think the cost of having a big machine in somebody's house is, 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 is too far out there. But then Mark Zuckerberg's going after it and he's, he's never failed with anything. So I'm probably completely wrong. I just feel that I just feel that I just, I mean, I've got one of them Oculus, is it called? For about two days, it was brilliant. We had this thing where you, you could go into a lift, you can press the button and then you come out of the lift and you're on a plank, right? And you're at the top of a building that's really high up in the air. And and and, and for fun, what we do is anyone that turned up at the house, would like, yeah, get in here, have a go with this. Like, go up the lift now walk out and you'd see them walking out and they're like this. Oh, shit. And they'd be crying. In fact, I've got a video of my business partner, Martin. I took it to, we all went and stayed. Me a guy called James Dooley and Casra Dash and, and Martin all stayed in this big house in, um, actually over on Portland. And, and and I took the Oculus and I got Martin to do it in the back garden and <laughs> and he's got his headset on and he's crawling on the grass with his hands in front of himself, like proper shitting himself. I'm really scared because it looks like you're dead high. And, and what you have to do is you walk out on this plank and you have to jump Um, and, and getting people to actually jump was, was, was very, very difficult. And then when you do jump, you fall all the way to the ground. So when, when you, you in your head, you feel like you're about to hit the ground, it's really But then, yeah, it's it's horrible. It's fun, but it gets really boring really fast. It's like, okay, that was fun. It was cool. All right, we had fun with it. Even when you sat back in a chair doing the thingies, I don't, big massive daft thing on you. I just, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm completely wrong and, and, and the new generation will love it. But I, maybe I'm too old.
1: But that's another principle, imagination.
0: You've moved us into. Uh, did you forget about that one? Yeah, no. I just thought about it then because it's like, okay, yeah, because cause that's the obviously the 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 one thing, the one principle that that everybody needs to to do anything. I mean, everything starts as a thought in somebody's head, whether it is like grinding down coffee beans that has just been in my cup all the way to creating the light up there, which he failed at thousands of times, and now you can buy them in all different designs and models and strategies, but everything started in somebody's head,
1: didn't it?
2: Yep. Got told, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I get, I get where do you think all the all 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 imagination comes from then where do you think all ideas come from I've got money but I'll see what you mm-hmm
0: I, I had an idea, right? So, so I wear these all the time. I these All the time, you know, you put your toe through the middle. I ain't got them on now. Got trainers on, but I keep them set in the office. And I thought, oh, I've had a great idea. I'm going to create some socks that have a big toe <laughs> and they're a thingy, so I can wear, I can wear, I can wear socks with flip flops, right? And I thought, oh, that's a genius idea. Go on Amazon, and you can buy them in all different colors and shapes and sizes. And, a, and I hadn't made it up. That was just like a stupid example, but yes, I guess. You, you think
2: of it. Yep. Yeah, all of a
0: sudden you can understand it. But what, but yeah, I, I asked, where do you think, like, imagination? Where do you think all these ideas come from? What do you think is the one driving force? behind imagination behind ideas do you you think there's a single driving force behind it or do you feel there is lots and lots of different little ones i feel there's one single thing that drives everything all imagination drives all thingy but i don't know if i'm right i'm going to ask you in a minute if you get to the same point or if not do you feel like creativity right, right and, and and a good imagination is developed through problems everything stems even though we try and stay positive everything stems from that negative and what you as you were saying i was thinking yeah i, I am on the right track because like you run about the people in the savannah what's the problem well the fucking lions are going to eat you. that's the problem or the guys who uh a freezing cold out, out in the in the rain, and they need to make covers, so there's a problem. So they become creative. So I think everything. I think if if you learn to spot problems, you can be super successful. And and, and that's exactly when you were talking about Jeff Bezos. I thought the same thing before. Jeff Bezos spotted a problem in the market that people are fat and lazy and don't want to leave their houses and don't want to do anything like go to these shops and everything else. So I'm going to create the biggest e-com store on the on in the, in the world, and very very cleverly. He realized that there's over 3,000, I think it is, new um, books being published every single year and every single one of them fit through a standard letterbox on a normal front door or almost every single one of them. Meaning the distribution, he, he knew the distribution network was the most important part, right? But obviously to build out a distribution network, you need a setup where nearly everything will fit through a letterbox. His, his network is so amazing now that he doesn't need to, that, that. He transcended that. But initially, if he'd have gone after any other product, right, there's not as many new, because you want something that, like, for example, most people probably read one book a year. But people who read a lot probably read between 12 and 50 books a year, okay, because they'll read at least one a month. I mean, I read, I probably read one book a week, maybe two a week. Because I'm a proper, I'm just a studier. That's all I do is a study. I love to think, and and when I speak to people, I might come across as stupid because I'm not classically educated like a a student of school, uh, but I'm ed- very very educated when it comes to understanding all of the other crazy shit that I learn about. Um, so it's it's, it's kind of different. But what, what what I feel is is I, I feel it. Everything comes from a problem. I think, I think we get, we find a problem and then that makes you become creative or die. At the beginning, it was be creative or die. And then it kind of became bred into us and then everything becomes a problem. I mean, it's like even silly things like I've got a presentation clicker right there on my desk, right? We've got a mouse that does the exact same thing. Okay. But I don't use it. I use my presentation clicker when I'm talking on a presentation. So somebody came up with that out of the problem that holding a mouse and clicking it and doing it and being able to walk around and you're chatting. On a, it's a tiny little problem but it's a solution that can be turned into income. So if you figure out and spot problems, you you, you teach yourself to spot problems, you can become, and obviously then follow through and and do something about it. I think people can be successful in, in, and isn't it crazy how we're talking so much about success and about money and about riches and about, because of the book that we're we're, we're talking about. And then let's say next week when we come on and we're talking about something completely different, we more than likely won't mention money or finance or anything else (laughs) I'm looking forward to doing this podcast every single week. So let's let's draw it to a close. Let's let's say um what's your final words on, on, on the whole uh think and grow rich,
1: Napoleon Hill.
2: Mm-hmm. Where does he say this? Oh, wow! Okay. Wow. Okay. What scans has he done? Mm-hmm.
1: So we just looked, he borrowed the money to, to, to buy it, bought it, sold it, kept it.
2: So what was his real name?
1: His real name was Oliver Hill. Ah, right. Okay. I didn't know any of these bits. And what did he go to prison for?
0: But he wouldn't have known, would he? There was no internet back then. There was no TV. There was no none of this where uh, you 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 went from one town to another, and you could be anybody you wanted.
2: Right, so we never actually brought this up before you. Okay,
0: so do you feel? he was a full of shit con man, even though what he's done has actually helped more people than probably any other book that I can think of besides the Bible. Um, and obviously the Quran and various other religious books, but, but obviously you, you other than the than, than things like that, do did, did we,
2: Yep. yep. because you don't like him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because it works. No, and, and what he created does work. It really, really does work. You don't have to follow it as blindly as he tells you to, but I mean the major- I mean the mastermind principle. Like I said at the beginning, is my favorite because um, it's like me, me, me and Dave Castle, one of my business partners. Um, we met in in Spain and we we hit it off straight away. And the first 12 months of doing odd little things together that would never have existed otherwise, we did over 600 grand. Okay. And we probably put one or two days a month each into that. Right. And, and for the first 12 months, we did over 600 grand between us. And it was like that there, that that proves to me that if you get two minds and stick them together, something that would never have existed can become real and not just financially, because obviously things are they're designed about, around health, wealth and relationships. And, and if you can get any of those three areas and create something better or something that people um, are interested in from them, I feel as though you can, you can, yeah, you can do good things. So I guess, yeah, Napoleon might have been the very first fake guru, but he was also, he's helped millions of people.
2: Yeah, it's Yeah. Yes.
1: It does work, and that's the key. So I guess we would both recommend it.
0: yep i totally agree there's nothing technical in there so anybody can do it anybody can learn it and it will actually help improve um almost anybody's life So, yep, it gets a thumbs up from both of us today. Um, Even if Napoleon Hill wasn't such a, a, a... A nice map Maybe he was. Maybe he was just misunderstood. We don't know. But if you've enjoyed today, if anybody's enjoyed today, like subscribe because this is a brand new podcast that we're going to start doing every single week. Next week we intend to come on and we're going to go through Atomic Habits. Um, so we're going to spend an hour, two hours depends what it is. But make sure you like and subscribe because this is a brand new podcast we're doing on a brand new channel. Channel. It's going to be me and Callum at first every single week, going through different things, figuring out our finding our feet, figuring out how we're going to do it. And then once we figure out and we find out how we're going. And do it which everything starts like that um then we will start maybe getting guests on and doing other such things but we'll, we'll we'll see where it goes so everybody's watched to this point thank you very very much this is the first of i hope many and callum thank you very very much it's been awesome
1: been spending this few hours with you today It can only help. And if it doesn't, fuck them, we'll carry on doing it for ourselves. It is what it is. Cheers, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.